0: Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. You know, I, uh, I've always been intrigued with how we define life and what is required for life. And for many years, scientists believed that here on Earth, even though we have all the ingredients for life, that really the key, the source, life here was the Sun and yes there are lots of planets that have a Sun but you also have to be right in that Goldilocks zone where you're not too close you're not too far away you're just positioned at the right spot so that you don't get too hot you don't get too cold And the idea was always that, well, uh, plants would grow and then animals would eat plants. And then the waste from animals would fertilize the plants and it was a nice big cycle. But the sun was always the key figure here. Well, all that changed some years ago when scientists went deeper and deeper into the oceans, so far down that they reached places that were absolutely black, absolutely dark, places where sunlight could not reach, maybe places where sunlight has never reached. And yet, they made another fascinating discovery there they still found life in the form of what amount to, I guess you could call them colonies of worms or something similar to that, that would congregate and thrive around these thermal heat vents. And these are just really spots at the depths of the ocean where warm uh, air is coming out and, and mingling And so life was able to thrive there even though there was no access to the sun. So that kind of changed our whole perspective on what is necessary for life on this planet, that it doesn't have to include the sun, that it really just needs some stable source of warmth, apparently. So bearing that in mind... I was pretty intrigued when I found this story the other day, and I actually tweeted it um, about a scientist named Alan Stern who spoke recently at the American Astronomy Society Division for Planetary Sciences Division. The sort of sensational headline was, scientist proposes wild explanation for why we haven't discovered aliens yet. So bearing in mind what I've just said, this scientist said, well, we have these huge planets out there that are made of water to a large degree, and it it might even be frozen on the surface, Um, it might be liquid under that, but even that liquid is very, very icy, and these are gigantic planets. And what if, when you get to the core of these planets, you have these areas where, indeed, there are these kinds of thermal vents? And so life formed around those thermal vents, and that life might actually have evolved, uh, that it's been there long enough that it could be what we would consider intelligent, maybe even civilized. There could be little mermen and mermaid-type creatures down there who live in little houses, and maybe they even have TV. Uh, Who knows how far that they've gone. But to them, the idea of going outside of their world into the icy layers, the many, many, many miles of icy water above them, would be just as challenging as it is for us to overcome the challenge of going into the iciness of space.
1: And it has
0: taken us a long time to go into space historically, and it's still not easy. So, and you know how it is for us, when we go into space, I mean if you don't have some kind of a capsule, some kind of a ship there, well, then you're going to die when you get into space. And so until those beings on those planets have learned to build vehicles that will take them from their thermal vent world up through this iciness, um, well, they're just going to sit down there and have no way of, extending beyond their own planet and that it's possible that maybe uh, there are life forms out there which are not communicating with us because they're stuck. They're stuck right there near the ground level, so to speak. And what I find even more intriguing, however, is that if you imagine that you are one of these aliens and, and you're living there in that world at the bottom of some vast icy liquid planet they might not even have the concept that there exists another medium than water I mean like for us for example, uh, we live in this medium called air. And it took a while for us to realize that there is another realm outside of the atmosphere of air called space. Um, So it's possible that those beings on those planets, they don't even have the ability to necessarily envision their planet as a big ball the way that we envision planets right now. No, from their point of view, they are simply living in a liquid environment, and that's all that there is. They don't even know that space exists because they have not made it far enough away from their center point of reference to transition into this other medium called space. They don't even know what that is. And it reminds me a lot of you know some of these stories you, you no doubt heard from the Middle Ages and ancient times where people have said, look, maybe the Earth is just flat. Now, that seems ridiculous to us right now because of what we know. However, if you kind of, try to uh, use your imagination and put yourself uh, in the position that those people were in, well, it does kind of make sense that maybe they would think that the world is just a big flat piece of land and uh, on the edge is a a big waterfall that drops off into nothingness. And that's why when you you have these sailors, these explorers who would go sailing away, they will be warned, hey, you might find the edge of this thing and go over the side of this huge waterfall, and then you're done. So it's not that uh, extraordinary to think that if, if we at one time were at that point, that there might be other beings out there in other worlds who are also still at a similar and in, in their are development and their evolution where they don't know what shape their world is from any perspective other than the perspective of the heat vents around which they have congregated and developed. And so to that end, uh we we really do have to think that it is possible that we ourselves are misguided, or at least Misinformed, that our imagination isn't big enough. We look out there and we say, okay, we've made it past the realm that we live in, this medium called air. And we found this next medium called space. And we look as far as we can see into space and we say, well, this must just go on forever. It's an insurmountable obstacle. But is it possible? That if and when we gain the ability to travel through space, eventually, someday, we will find that there's actually another medium that surrounds all of this, that we look at this thing called space, which is mind-boggling to us, and perhaps space is surrounded by a whole other thing that we can't comprehend, that... Is, is beyond the scope of human imagination. And that medium is where you find a whole other realm of possibilities. This is why I find it very important to keep an open mind. And that's why I think it's so absurd that we have all these scientists out there and, and people in general who have this, what they call skeptical mindset, which is really a cynical or or doubtful or debunking mindset about where we are, and many of them have a very arrogant, egocentric point of view, like, well, humans are the greatest thing that we know about, so humans must be the greatest thing there is. And (laughs) it's so weird to me that we do have people who – Who actually accept that, you know, who actually say this is it. Humans are the pinnacle. Humans have got to be the most enlightened, greatest creatures and beings out there just because we haven't seen direct physical empirical evidence of anything else. Well, you know, maybe that's true, maybe it's not personally. I don't think it's true because look, we came from somewhere didn't we something created all this we don't know what this thing is we call the creation or the creator it's kind of like you know we're moving in the direction ourselves of creating artificial intelligence of creating what might someday be androids in, in in the whole style of blade runner or looking at you know c3po from star wars um let's say we get to the point where we create androids that are just as magnificent and intelligent and and, and look just exactly like humans. They believe that they are even more intelligent than humans because they're going to have capabilities that we don't have. I mean, I can't sit down and work out a mathematical equation like a computer can. But at least, one might think, for a period of time, those androids are going to know who their gods are, the humans who created them. They will get to look for a while and say, oh, these are the people who created us. We become the gods to those androids, to that artificial intelligence. However, I don't care how much those beings look like a human. I don't care how advanced their abilities are they're still never going to be humans because it's impossible for a creation to actually understand the mindset and the the presence and the identity of the thing that created it it just i mean it doesn't make any logical sense for a creation to be able to truly understand its creator no matter how you break it down no matter what scale you use there's no reason to think that we can perceive the thing that put us here now how far does this go i don't know and sometimes i think that's what we're missing is this comfort this reality of being able to say look i don't know we are living in a world full of people who say, I know this, I know that. They're very confident, but they don't know. They may have evidence that they can use to support one point of view or another, but the wonderful thing about being a creature in this universe, no matter where you came from, no matter if you're a human or you're something created by a human, we have the ability, to constantly learn and to constantly advance and develop and that's why If you talk to a scientist from 100 years ago, he's not going to know nearly as much about the world as our scientists today. And the scientists that you might talk to 100 years in the future are going to know far more than our scientists do today. And that is the process that goes on and on and continues. And that is the logical perspective that you must have. When you look at things relatively And you start to put yourself in the proper position. And that's why it's important to humble yourself and just say, look, just because I personally haven't seen something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Because it's possible that even if you see something that is more advanced, you don't even recognize it because it's not what you were expecting to see. So, that's what's on my mind today. I'm having a really good time here in uh isolation uh for my little special birthday getaway as we're heading closer to Halloween. Uh I hope that, that you know you um I hope that you're having fun this month because that's what it's all about. Enjoying yourself, having fun. A lot of people out there are not having fun. They're miserable. I have been uh, doing whatever I can to spread the word about what's happening to my friends in Puerto Rico, for example. And so uh, if you want to know more about how to help them, just uh, look at some of the links I've posted at Twitter and on my Facebook page, etc. So that said, uh, I believe that's it for this particular podcast. Remember, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, there is a link at the top to these podcasts where you can subscribe in various ways or you can just follow me on Twitter and I will tweet to you when new ones come out. So thank you again for being interested. Thank you for being supportive. Thank you for staying curious and I'll be talking to you again soon.